Welcome to In Conversation with Our Food Future, the podcast series that's following the expansion of the circular food economy here in Guelph, Wellington. I'm David Messer, manager of COIL, the Circular Opportunity Innovation Launchpad within the Smart Cities office and guest host of today's podcast. On today's show, we are exploring how we can support businesses as they join the circular food economy. We'll look at a few new initiatives coming out of Innovation Guelph, including the Circular Business Passport and Resource Exchange, which help businesses connect with other businesses within the circular food economy and repurpose waste. Our guests come from Guelph and Italy, bringing unique perspectives from on-the-ground initiatives to the academic sector. So let's pull our chairs around the kitchen table and get the conversation started. Christopher Coughlin is Program Manager with the Circular Economy Innovation Hub at Innovation Guelph. Through his work, Christopher offers opportunities for collaboration, networking, business support, and mentorship. These activities support the Our Food Future goal of creating 50 new circular food businesses and collaborations. And Yuri Guilandri is the Associate Professor in the Operations Management and Sustainability Groups at Ivy School of Business at West University of Western Ontario. He uses operational and organizational lenses and empirical methods to study the development of supply chains that strive to operate within the thresholds of socio-ecological systems. Welcome, everyone. I'm delighted that we can come together for this conversation. Well, thank you for joining me today, Christopher and Yuri. When we think about the circular food economy, what we're really talking about is looking for changes and business model transitions from thousands and eventually millions of businesses within our region and eventually around the world. Yuri, you've studied circularity and, and circular connections between businesses, uh, specifically in the food industry and in many different uh, ge- geographies around the world. Can you maybe define what makes a, a cluster of food businesses move towards circularity? And maybe the impact when a number of businesses all sort of try and transition together towards a more circular business model. David, uh, this is a very relevant question, and it it took me some time to to define this concept. I think circular clusters can be defined as a conglomerate of multiple and diverse firms that balance and optimize reducing and recycling activities to avoid the exploitation of virgin resources, as well as minimize the proportion of materials that goes to landfill. To give examples of clusters that work in this way, uh, I can refer to the um, evolutionary system that is emerging in Guelph or the one that is organically emerging in the Montreal metropolitan area. So there you can see dairy producers that generate byproducts in large volumes, such as permeate or or cheese particles that are upcycled into alcohol for disinfectants by local distilleries, but that can also be used into um, uh, pizza crusts or pre-made dishes or even in beers by local brewers and and food processors. In the same cluster, you can also observe uh, farmers and food processor that take um, unsold fruits and vegetables from retailers and turn that into juices. However, along the production of juices, you have some residual and some pulp, and that can be used as a natural ingredient into cosmetics products, such as soaps, uh, 
but also mixed with spent grain coming from other companies, microbrewers, uh, into upcycled flowers uh, or to feed insects that can then be used into juicy uh, or meaty, I would say, meaty burgers, as well as protein bars. So as you can see, the, you know, there are many different firms of different sizes coming from different sectors that find creative ways to use each other um, wasted resources uh, into something that is valuable. And uh, I mean, what is particular about these systems is that uh, the product variety that they handle is much larger than that of a traditional business or a traditional business segment. And and their impact can be quite substantial. So it takes time, obviously, to assess the direct and indirect consequences of these activities um, from a life cycle standpoint. But our ongoing research suggests that each one of these individual synergies, waste exchanges that I just mentioned, save about 70 tons a year of virgin materials, uh, saves 45 tons a year of CO2 emission coming from avoiding the exploitation of virgin materials, as well as the CO2 production coming from landfills, and on average produces about $12,000 in operating cost savings for, for small and medium enterprises involved into these exchanges. So quite substantial, uh, more work to be done, but uh, that, that's my summary of what they are and the impact they have. No, that's that's incredible. And it's really good context to kind of point why we should be moving in this direction. Um, Christopher, you've been leading a lot of work um, as part of the business work stream and with Innovation Guelph's iHub um, through our food future uh, around the goal of creating 50 new circular businesses and collaborations. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the work you and the iHub team have been doing in this and some of the collaborations uh, that you've been seeing uh, forming in Guelph and Wellington. Thank you, David. Absolutely. Um, One thing we've seen is quite a dynamic um, cluster of businesses really uh, developing around the circular economy space and really positioning themselves across the entire agri-food chain from farm to fork. Um, it really benefits from a very um, a very dynamic support system, business support system, um, which includes a variety of really dynamic organizations which complement one another. Uh, we have 10 C shared space, and they support a lot of businesses towards social innovation and SDG impact. Provision Coalition, of course, is leading the way with food loss and waste. Um, University of Wealth and Conestoga College are are doing dynamic research. And then there are a number of wonderful front door organizations, such as Launch at Minto, the Business Center, Guelph Wellington, Guelph Chamber of Commerce, and the John F. Wood Center as well at the University of Guelph, who are working to connect businesses to smart cities and various circular programming. And because of this great background architecture, what we're seeing is, for example, traditional farms, such as the Fister Farm, which created vegetables. It's a kit to enable people to grow vegetables through a straw bale system, and it's made from a recycled byproduct. Uh, Three Beats to the Wind has installed a hoop house, and it enables year-round vegetable growing. Uh, We've got Zocalo, which shares their land to expand access to farming, and and they pay the living wage to participants. Um, We've got some vertical farms that have sprouted, and it's a a sector that's really become dynamic, and Guelph Wellington is taking the lead on it. Um, GR365N has worked directly with 10C, Urban Stock has worked with the Guelph Food Bank, and both of them are engaging in activities to increase year-round access to food. 
Of course, we've got, um, if we're talking about collaborations and packaging sector, a friendlier company has worked closely with Provision Coalition and the Seed to manufacture, sell, pick up, and ultimately reuse containers for hospitality and retail sectors. I think they're engaged with maybe 20 or 30 um, retail and, and various other um, hospitality businesses that were a part of Seeding Our Food Future, which was a, an initiative we had recently here. Um, restaurants, of course, are implementing circular practices. So a friendlier society is using uh, organic waste to grow food. And Retour Bistro, of course, is taking imperfect garlic from a local farm and using it in their products. So we've, we've seen um, a variety of dynamic um, collaborations on the project, of course, in the retail sector as well. Um, Fillet Forward has worked with Planet Bean, and they've provided uh, reusable coffee cups. So it's um, it seems like the sky's the limit, and there's a lot of cross-sectoral integration and using of um, various byproducts and relationships, uh, which are mutually beneficial, and, and also um, businesses engaging with this fantastic architecture and business support system that we have here in the region. Yeah, that that's really great. And I think the Seeding Our Food Future program, which last year provided a micro grant of just $5,000 led to 40 companies looking at, at um, moving towards more circular business practices. And it's, it's interesting that such a small grant really took hold with so many businesses. Um, and I wonder to both of you, just from your interactions with businesses and your research, you know, what are the things that are either encouraging or maybe preventing businesses um, towards transitioning towards more circular approaches. What are you, what are you seeing? What sort of supports do you think they're looking for? And, you know, if our mission is to win hearts and minds um, in the business community, how can we uh, better go about that? Yuri, maybe if you have some thoughts. Certainly. Um, I, I think I want to relate back to what Christopher just said about the dynamic contextual support that has to be given to these businesses and the importance of this support in transitioning into a new uh, circular economy. However, what I uh, realized uh, in the past two years of research uh, in the field is that the same level of dynamism and agility has to be embedded into business models and operations. So dynamic support can come from contextual factors and institutional factors, but businesses need also to strive to become more agile in what they do. Um, and uh, especially if you think about uh, a company that is willing to transition into the circular economy, what type of questions can be asked uh, to transform their business model and operations? From a, I, I like to approach this from a supply chain standpoint because I'm a supply chain professor. Uh, and so I, I tend to think in terms of, am I a buyer of uh, wasted resources that can be used into new products? Or am I a supplier of these wasted resources? And the type of questions that a buyer might ask are different than the type of questions that a supplier might ask. And ultimately, in a circular economy, one firm usually acts as both a buyer of waste and a supplier of waste. And so both questions are relevant, but although... Uh, one question might be asked by procurement people, another question might be asked by operations people within these firms. So from a buying standpoint, uh, usually I see questions like, where can I find waste? Um, because there's no uh, available information about where to find waste that can be used for, uh, for uh, upcycling activities. How do I price it? Like, you know, commodities and virgin resources have a market. 
uh, waste materials don't have a market yet. And so it's difficult to understand how to approach pricing and negotiation uh, for procuring these materials. Uh, beyond that, also, do I have the right recovery capabilities? Waste, we don't pay attention to the waste that we produce. And therefore, it comes with big variabilities in terms of qualities and volumes. Do I have the right capabilities to process it into something meaningful and of steady quality? Because the end markets usually want something that is stable in terms of quality requirements and, and needs that are tackled through the product. If you instead position yourself in that space as a supplier, then questions that are usually asked are, where do I find an interested buyer? An interested buyer. Uh, who, is, who might be interested in using this material? What potential higher order via value application might exist for this material? So it's really about where do I find the right market? And uh, shall I invest into searching for this market? Or shall I continue to do normal operations and just rely on a, a very efficient waste management system? Um, another, another question that immediately comes to mind to suppliers of waste is because searching buyers is costly and is uncertain, how, many, how much resources should I invest into making this search possible and effective? Uh, how should I prepare uh, these materials that are currently waste but can be recovered or, or processed to make them more appealing for an end market? So all these questions are asked, and uh, and I think support organizations such as uh, the effort that Christopher is leading can help firms to frame these questions uh, more clearly and to find initial answers by brokering relationships and, and making firms aware of these possibilities. And, and so much of it, I think, to your point, too, is um, piloting solutions. And when people see that there could be an aftermarket um, for their waste products and their waste stream could become a value stream, then they'll start. it'll start making obvious business sense, but it's really trying to find those trailblazers, I guess, right now without undercutting their um, their business advantage, maybe. Christopher, anything you want to add on this? Absolutely. I think um, to echo Yuri's comments, we're, we're definitely seeing businesses looking for um, opportunities for collaboration and definitely community. One thing that's interesting, Innovation Wealth, of course, is an organization that helps companies grow and scale. And we're finding that in many cases, when companies engage with us in uh, Seeding Our Food Future or other circular initiatives, that they're actually prioritizing mentorship and the ability to work with experts in their industry um, and also looking for opportunities to collaborate with other businesses who are like-minded. For example, we estimate that maybe 75 collaborations of various kinds occurred during the Seeding Our Food Future program. So the pull for being part of a community is incredibly strong and the other aspect to that, which is um, sort of complementary, is that we see a lot of businesses taking part in a variety of programs across the ecosystem. So they'll be in Provision Coalition's Our Purpose Micro, or they'll engage in 10C's uh, SDG Impact Program, for example, in addition to Seeding Our Food Future, or perhaps um, look into a, a challenge opportunity. So it seems like um, engaging with the entire ecosystem here in Guelph Wellington, um, benefiting from working with multiple partners, uh, you know, we can conclude that really collaboration and innovation go hand in hand. 
And, and touching on the point of kind of that that community, what we've been trying to build here is we've referred to as an urban rural test bed for the circular food economy and, and circular economy more broadly. And Christopher, I wonder if you'd be able to speak for a minute about um, the new passport initiative uh, that you're launching out of the iHub to help build this and help sort of spread the word among the business community. Absolutely. So the digital passport is a concierge service and it's offered on the foodfuture.ca website. So businesses fill out a basic intake form and identify their industry and sector. They describe their products and services, how they may already implement circular practices and areas of interest they would like to pursue in their circular journey. At that point, iHub connectors get in touch and have a conversation to identify needs before making appropriate connections within the ecosystem. It could be information on finding various funding channels that a business is interested in, just receiving general business support, for example, B2B sales, mentoring or product service support, such as in the area of food safety. Businesses complete an iterative circular business model canvas and earn stamps, which can be shared across their network. Stamps ultimately enable businesses to become circular through engagement with the entire Guelph Wellington ecosystem. So there are a number of pathways when you collect these stamps in becoming a circular food business, and there's really no right or wrong way to become one. They could decide to enroll in a business support program like Seeding Our Food Future or Our Purpose Micro. They could sign up and exchange on the resource exchange website or even collaborate on a circular project with other businesses. And I encourage everyone to check this out on foodfuture.ca slash passport. And, and on stamps, we're referring to digital stamps. So that this could correct. be used, you know, across various social media channels, potentially to show that, you know, your business is committed to circularity and, uh, and that you're, you're going down this path uh, in our ecosystem. I also wonder if we can chat a little bit about resource exchange, another initiative that we are launching out of, out of COIL, um, which is the new business-focused accelerator program of Our Food Future. Um, can you maybe chat a bit about that market? I think it goes back to some of the points that Yuri was raising around uh, the need to help business, you know, find a market for their materials, find buyers, find sellers, and, and really surface some of the stuff that could be available. Well, absolutely. I think resource exchange ties in um, to a lot of what, what Yuri's been, been speaking about. So it's essentially a way to give food waste new life. And it maximizes the value of items in the agri-food value chain, which would otherwise be considered waste. So businesses connect, buy, sell, and repurpose byproducts and or co-products. Um, they, they join the website and post what, they're, what they generate in their business but can't reuse. They list the price, the quantity, and location in a listing. And other businesses look for the material and can purchase it. Businesses can also post wanted listings and have the community respond to that. It's really like a matchmaking app for food waste. Um, our team of connectors, much like with the digital passport, uh, make the matches if required. And the site and this support is completely free. We ultimately divert waste, save money, increase profits, and improve the world. And I encourage everyone to check this out at resourceexchange.ca. And I think that the human element of that is really kind of crucial back to Yuri's point too, because, you know, you might not realize that uh, a product you have could have a secondary market, or if you're looking for something, you might not be thinking of, you know, where you could find that material with another business type. It, it is not always totally apparent. So it's really great that we have connectors, um, both at the iHub and then 
folks like uh, ProVision Coalition and, and URI and, and other researchers working across this whole ecosystem that'll be diving in there to help make connections and, and help businesses realize the value they have in their waste materials. So just as a, as a closing question, <clears throat> looking sort of across the ecosystem from policymakers to businesses and, and even as consumers, what should we be doing to support businesses that are, you know, taking the plunge and sort of leading this transition into more circular approaches? Yuri, you want to start? Uh, yeah, uh, as a researcher and academic, for a complex question, I have a complex answer. Uh, <laughs> so I think three stakeholders are key into the transformation process. Uh, one, consumers, uh, you know, business activities are driven by market forces and therefore consumers need to play their role. Policymakers, which actually define the institutional setting where business uh, operate in and therefore shape economic incentive for the activities that they conduct, and then businesses themselves. So if I start with the first one from consumers, a very simple uh, suggestion or recommendation would be to look for and prioritize uh, purchases of products that contain recycled content. Uh, there are many available currently in the market. We need to be paying attention to them. Um, that's one. For policymakers, uh, I say that they have to play a role into driving demand, not just consumers, but also policymakers. And there is an array of uh, uh, demand-driven policy instruments that could be adopted. A simple one uh, to describe and not to implement is, uh, is to mandate minimum requirements of recycled content into new products. That would immediately drive, uh, you know, uh, give an incentive to buyers to invest more resources into looking into uh, waste streams that could be diverted and upcycled, uh, or perhaps even a tax credit attached to um, revenues that are produced uh, based on uh, upcycling waste material. And on the side of the businesses, um, there is a, a more complicated. Uh, suggestion that I have, which is essentially one of becoming more aware of the resources that they have and the resources that surround them. In, in, our, in our research, we have analyzed over 60 waste exchanges. Some of them uh, ended up to being uh, proficiently integrated into the business and therefore producing value, and some of them were discarded. So one key difference between the successful one and the non-successful one was the ability of the managers involved to um, be aware of the resources that surround them and put in place some contractual mechanisms that would allow these resources to be uh, combined. An example is, um, again, to go back to one of the original examples that I made, this um, large uh, dairy producer that has a ton of byproduct. This byproduct is picked up by a local distillery and the local distillery produces alcohol with it. Uh, however, the, there was the need of to make some investment into adjusting the process and therefore the need of the capital for it. Uh, instead of doing a, a traditional NPV, net present value estimation of the investment, they started thinking uh, about ways to save money and redistribute the value. So they ended up with an agreement where the distillery doesn't pay for the waste being picked up, uh, 
and the um, and the dairy business don't pay for them to pick it up. However, when the the, the alcohol is produced, the dairy producer buys back instead of buying a virgin alcohol, buys the upcycled one, which gives the distillery an incentive to make the investment mm-hmm. and also support capacity expansion. So again, for businesses, they really need to be creative in finding mechanisms that allow them to work together uh, effectively. Christopher, do you want to jump in with the last thought, maybe? Absolutely. Thank you, David. I think to speak to um, your point, the use of digital technologies and platforms is incredibly salient, I think, in pulling um, all of these stakeholders together. The foodfuture.ca website and kitchen table platform is a destination to gain information about programming, learn more about circularity, and connect to the wider ecosystem and collaborations. Um, we're really finding that um, all of these stakeholders are looking for opportunities to be a part of a local community, uh, but also a national, international one. And here at Guelph Wellington, we've developed and also adopted many leading circular practices and initiatives that we can really be proud of as we move forward in this journey to, uh, to really improve the world. Yeah, that's it's true. And uh, I think we should also mention that on foodfuture.ca, the iHub team has done a great job of profiling um, a number of businesses that um, are included in our in our 50 circular businesses that we're creating. Um, and back to Yuri's point, um, if as consumers we want to see this happen, we need to um, speak with our dollars to some extent. So I thank both of you for joining me this morning. This has been a great conversation. Um, and uh, look forward to continuing the journey with you to transition the economy in Guelph, Wellington to a more circular model. Thank you so much for the invitation, David. Thank you, David. I'm David Messer, manager of the Circular Opportunity Innovation Launchpad at the Smart Cities office. And today I'm guest host of In Conversation with Our Food Future. Thanks for joining me today. If you have ideas for our show or comments, you can email us at foodfuture at guelph.ca. Until the next time, take care, and let's keep the conversation going on foodfuture.ca.